Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Dear Writer. Today, we are recording our 50th episode, and we have... Douglas W.T. Smith here with us for an author spotlight episode, which I'm very excited about. Welcome. Hi, Doug. Hey, hey, thanks for having me on. Not a problem. So um, Douglas W.T. Smith is an Australian speculative fiction author. He writes both short stories and novels. His short stories have been published in a number of magazines, such as Movement, Sucker Co. and Needle in the Hay. He was also shortlisted for the 2015 Historical Fiction Award and the 2015 Science Fiction Award. And his first novel, which has a really great name, I love it, by the way, A Shadow of the Wicked, came out on July 1st of this year. And he has a second novel coming out at the end of uh, 2021. It's really great to have you on the show, Doug. Yeah, it's good to be here. I'm glad you like the name. Yeah, um, yeah I'm pretty happy with the end result of Shadow of the Wicked. You know, there's a lot of um, work went into it and my first self-published book, so... Pretty happy with it. I actually remember seeing your cover reveal on Instagram. <laughs> it was it was like lots of little squares that came out, right, to make the picture. Yeah, I saw, I see a lot of photographers do that with a really nice photo. They'll do it over near nine, three or six posts. And it, if you look at their profile, you see the image as a whole. And I thought, you know, something a bit different, build a bit of hype. I should have done over six instead of nine. Nine went for ages. And <laughs> <laughs> it was just nine days. And yeah, and some of the photos kind of didn't do much. But yeah, it was a good result and I was pretty happy with it. And I think my followers liked it and just something a bit different. I did see other authors that did it like a jigsaw piece and they would release different jigsaw pieces. But the apps that, that were free and I wasn't going to pay for an app to do it, it just... I don't know, just it looked a bit tacky, whereas this yeah. Kind of yeah. was a bit easier yeah. to do. And it looks quite cool when you go into like your post, say, and you can like see the whole thing there. It's quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Also, I was like, after it, each post, after I did the whole nine, it was pushing each post back. So then it would go out of order. <laughs> so I was, I was like, gonna, I was gonna post three more blank. So then it would push it all down together. And then I could keep posting and keep it together. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, nah stuff it <laughs> <laughs> i always find that like we get weird patterns with ours sometimes when we're like releasing because we have certain pictures for each type of episode for our podcast that we release and then like it has like this strange pattern that like continues <laughs> yes yeah, i wish they would just stay on yeah, the profile it would be like nice, not like, just move around like it would be nice and... if you could like be like make this one sticky or something like yeah a yeah, sticky yeah, post. yeah like pin yeah. it can you can yeah. you pin nine posts so then it doesn't move and it just kind of oh, if it moves as a block down? <laughs> make it it would be nice. Yeah. I'll put it in Instagram's feedback. It'd be like Instagram, <laughs> you have some stuff to work on. Yeah, yeah. Don't crash for don't crash for a day. <laughs> I did want to shout out that you're like one of the first other Southern Hemisphere people that we've had on this uh, author spotlight, and you're very close to New Zealand. So this is a great moment. I'm no longer the earliest one on the Zoom call. It's usually me at like 9 a.m., 7 a.m. What, what, what time is it in Auckland? Uh, quarter to 12. Oh, yeah, it's, it's quarter to 10 here. So I've been up for a while. So when you've got a baby, you're up pretty early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right, let's get into this interview a bit more. So we usually like to start off by asking our interviewees just about how they first started writing. You know, was it when you were young or is it something you picked up later in life? And then sort of how you decided to go from, you know, I assume it usually starts a bit as a hobby for most people. And then you decide to, you know, kind of pursue it and take it more seriously. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird journey. I used to write when I was younger. I used to kind of just write little stories, little fictional stories. It was a lot of science fiction stories about planets and their population stuff. It was kind of cool. But then when I went into high school, I really, I really enjoyed English. And yeah, I started really liking the theory behind writing. And I actually fell into essay writing a lot. But then after high school finished, I kind of just forgot about studying at all. And I just kept surfing. And <laughs> <laughs> as you do when you live on a coastal town. So I just kind of surfed for for years after. And then I kind of realized this, I've got to actually do something in my life. So I went to university. And as a, when I was at university, I still then didn't really know what I was going to do. And I was in a Bachelor of Arts. If you know what a Bachelor of Arts is, it's kind of like a degree where you can dabble into different fields and that's exactly what I did I dabbled into all these different fields and at the time my friend was like oh let's watch Lord of the Rings and I'd watched it when I was younger good and- decision yeah yeah good decision. decision yeah <laughs> and like and, and throughout this time like I was a pretty avid reader as well um, and I did really like fantasy and I played a lot of fantasy games and my friend was like oh you'd love Lord of the Rings and I watched the first one when I was younger and I never finished it and then so we finished the whole trilogy and I kind of just got this it's like an, an epiphany it's like oh, mm-hmm. maybe I can create a world and character something epic not on the same level as Tolkien I wish but <laughs> yeah I just thought that's something this is something that I could do so I started writing just this story and I really loved creating my own world and creating characters within that and then I looked at the Bachelor of Arts and I saw I could dabble into the field of creative writing so then I yeah did a degree in creative writing minored in uh, English literature and that's that's what I came out with and you know it's something that I've never I haven't looked back once and regretted my decision it's something that I love and everything before that being at high school loving English and when I was younger writing stories it all kind of came through and felt so natural doing it at university so and it's just something that it's something I really enjoy now it's really cool. I have two follow-up questions. Yeah, questions. Yeah. Which is your favorite Lord of the Rings movie? It's important. <laughs> Ooh, I think I th- I'm going I'm to have to go with Return of the King. And, and I, there is so many reasons why, but probably, <laughs> probably my biggest reason is because there are so many completed arcs that happen mm-hmm. in that in that That's true. movie, yeah. and especially Aragon, where his character he's not the, he's not the the protagonist he's he's an ally and he has one of the biggest arcs in the whole trilogy mm-hmm. and yeah. and I feel like that it's such a monumental moment for the whole story and yeah I, I don't know Return of the King is epic that's where all the battle scenes it's a really good one yeah yeah I can it's okay I, I'm, I approve. My favorite's <laughs> The Two Towers. My favorite's The Two yeah. Towers because I love The Battle of Helm's Deep with all my heart and I oh. love The Riders of Rohan like a lot. So that's mostly why I like The Two Towers. But 
The Return of the yeah. King. Okay. I think mine's Return of the King for a very similar reason. I like seeing the end, like with the arcs, as you said, all sort of coming to a close and all kind of converging. Because even though, as you said, it's not like he's not a protagonist, I feel like it's almost one where you could view it from like a multiple protagonist kind of perspective. And so you yep. do have these different arcs going on, even though they're more secondary characters. It's interesting to see how they all come together. And it's interesting in the books as well, there's the the Book of Aragon at the end of The Return of the King. And that kind of is what's filtered out throughout the movies, which is kind of cool as well. And yeah, I'm like, I'm a huge Tolkien fan. I've, yeah, I, I love, I've got pretty much all these works <laughs> relating to Middle Earth. And I like yeah, that it I looks like, like you just pointed at your I own know. book. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the background was there. <laughs> yeah that one there can't you see (laughs) my second question uh, was more related I was really interested in how you found doing a degree in creative writing and how that has helped you because neither Sarah and I have done any like we didn't do creative writing at university like she's a nurse and I did science I mean I've kind of come into it from that side so how did you find doing that I guess with writing or just in general I think the the biggest thing I took away from it was learning the rules of writing and I can either abide to them or break them. And, right. and I think that's something that's, you know, you, you can get all these, all these lessons pretty much for free on YouTube, but having the space where you attend on a daily basis with other like-minded people, right. So I did a short story within my degree. I did a short story course and we had to submit short stories each week and critique other works each week. So there, it was, a very fast pace, but positive and supportive environment where you could really refine your skills for writing. And that's for me at the time was pretty invaluable. And also actually, so I'm going to refine my answer. <laughs> okay. The biggest thing that I learned and because it stems from what I was talking about is the discipline. So the discipline to write each week, it's, it's probably something that I wouldn't have picked up if I was to do this without doing a degree and all learning all the theories and how to write. But the the biggest thing is discipline because as soon as I finished, finished my degree, I was so excited to to start writing. And so I and still to this day I have a routine of writing and editing and making that time for it because I think it stems from the discipline I learned going to university and being able to create stories in such a t- small time frame and critique that with other people. So I think that's probably the biggest take from doing a creative writing degree. I was going to say that critiquing must be really helpful because usually like if you're writing novels and stuff on your own, there's such a long, we've talked about this before in our podcast, there's like a long window before you get feedback often. So I can really see the value of getting it regularly and, you know, that closer you actually can like work on what they've given you before you've written a whole novel or something and anyone you know no one's read it yet and then you have to you know change everything once you eventually get that feedback yeah and it's pretty cool because you can actually sorry about my dog barking (laughs) and with the that fast-paced critiquing you actually develop friendships with all the people so my class was only of 30 people that's that's a lot of people but you build a relationship with those people and they get to learn your writing style and you get to learn their writing style as well. So you really can highlight what, what they can do better in their stories and, and vice versa. And they can do that to you. And it's, it's such a positive and supportive space that I don't think I've experienced that after doing my degree because it's very, 
it's very self-centered writing and you know like like what doing this right now but the reality of it is no one else isn't going to write my book I have to write it and so having that experience of doing university with other like-minded writers is is such a there were lessons that I'm going to have for the rest of my life I'm curious so um you went through university doing writing Uh, what sort of things are you doing now like do you do freelance work have you gone into like a more uh, publishing side or teaching or I kind of dabbled into a lot since I finished my degree so first thing I I had this story before so if you remember before I said I started writing and creating my own characters in a world when I finished watching Lord of the Rings well Mm -hmm. after I held on to that story and when I finished my degree I finished that that story and I think I punched out I think it's like 120,000 words because I was so motivated to just use everything that I learned so that was my first thing and then and meanwhile I was just writing a blog just you know all the things that I learned while writing I started posting these tips and tricks and I actually got picked up by an American publishing company Fiction Vortex they wanted me they wanted me to publish a story within a shared universe they went bankrupt or they shut down because of COVID. And then, yeah. And then, and then the editor kind of took that idea of the shared universe and created their own indie press called Of Metal and Magic Publishing, which is now publishing our books that we're going to. So that's the book that's coming at the end of the year. That's cool. Yeah. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm pretty happy that I'll still able because I, I did that first story, which, which is actually called A Time of Stones. I haven't published it yet and I want to still self-publish it. But then I, for this publishing company, I wrote another story called To Wield the Stars. And that's what's going to be published at the end of this year, which is pretty exciting. And hopefully, yeah, it's good. Yeah, really exciting. <laughs> yeah. And then while I was doing that, I started doing some freelancing stuff. Uh, have you heard of the platform Upwork? No, no, I have not. It's like Fiverr. Have you heard of Fiverr? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like Fiverr, and yeah. So I started uh, editing for people and freelancing, but that took up a lot of the time that I mm-hmm. wanted to do for writing. And yeah. I kind of my priority was finishing my books. Like as as much yeah. as I would love to be paid to do to work within that field, but yeah, it's it's a lot of balancing and work, right? Like, I mean, we have that just with our yeah. like ordinary jobs and stuff. It's like you know trying to fit the time in. It's so challenging. Yeah. So I totally understand that. And my day-to-day job, I teach um, high school, especially okay. as well. So oh, cool. yeah, cool. so I've got a pretty full um, schedule and. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine adding, yeah. <laughs> my gosh, I mean, like teaching is a lot of work in itself. Yeah. But then like adding editing and novel writing to it. Yeah. That would really. So I'm up pretty early in the mornings. I'm up usually about five o'clock every morning. And I do a fair bit of writing, editing in that time. And then my day pretty much starts at like 7, 7.30. Dedicated. I tried to yeah. do it once. It didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that comes back to that discipline that I was talking about before. Like I, And there's some mornings I sleep in and I just, I regret it so bad. So it's, yeah, it's that discipline that I've, I've learned at university. I think that's the thing as well. Like, you know, when you sleep in or you you do something that you know you view as like wasted time there's just that feeling of guilt and like I I guess you need to get to that point where you like teach yourself that 
you know, like it's easier not to feel the guilt or waste the time and actually do something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm at that point where I feel guilty if I don't do it. It it took me a while to do it though, but it's it's something if other writers can get in the habit of doing it. Or, you know, it's kind of any creative person that if they, because at at that time of the day, the world is asleep pretty much like, well, I guess my world in Australia is asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everyone everyone's asleep around me, especially in my household. So it's kind of peaceful and nice and it's just you and you, you're alone with your thoughts and your projects. So it's pretty yeah. cool. Always said I should try it. <laughs> I feel like I'm more of a late night writer if I like have have time and yeah. stuff like <laughs> sounds like really Hemingway or something but you know like get a <laughs> get a bit of like vanilla vodka or something <laughs> bit of a nightcap so they're nightcap. yeah so I'll just go to sleep if I did that <laughs> I was gonna say that you've mentioned Tolkien as an inspiration um, are there any other writers that inspire you or that you just really like yeah Tad Williams I don't know if you've heard of Tad Williams he no. so he's tr- uh, it's a saga his saga the memory thorn and sorrow it's an incredible series and i'd highly suggest that if you like game of thrones if you like tolkien so there is a lot of things in this saga that george martin had not stolen but used motivation from it and it's it's actually really cool there's there's actually a fan website posting the how much there is in common with Game of Thrones and this series. So, and, and also the writing is so on point and it's everything I kind of inspire. I, I do love Tolkien. I do hold him as the forefathers of fantasy, but like Robert Jordan, George Martin and Tad Williams, they've taken fantasy into a different avenue. And uh, and I think as a, if I want to be an author, as my, that's my career, that's what I envisioned myself writing these epic stories that have so much history and almost to the point where it blurs the line between historical fiction and fantasy, which is really, it's, it's a very, it's a very risky thing to do because there's so much you have to put in and there's so much time, so much dedication to these worlds that you can't just start it and, you know skim over these these points and yeah you you really got to be committed to these worlds and I think that's why I love Tad Williams George Martin and Tolkien's because they create these worlds and that's almost their career these worlds Mm -hmm. like Tolkien's known for Middle Earth George Martin's known for Wessos and Essos uh, I was going to say, I haven't, well, I haven't really, I've read the first one of his, the yeah. second book I found a little boring. So then I stopped. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things you, well, Tad Williams, I had a friend that I heavily suggested it to him. And I said, just warning though, the first book is the first half of it's pretty slow. And like George Martin, there is some slow moments, but you can't just with epic fantasy, it's mm. not, you can't give out after the 20%, you've got to commit to the yeah. whole 100% and then the end is worth everything that was written. Maybe I'll try. Yeah. I feel like it's part of the structure of like yeah, it is. fantasy is that, you know, they are very long, hefty novels, but. If you take out those slow moments, it almost seems like. It would be like too much, I feel like. 
and it would yeah, be but- too unbelievable in some ways because you'd have you'd take out like some of the reality of like the everyday fantasy life that builds the world right because you yeah. have so much world building that you need to do and yeah. part of that is like the culture of the world yeah if you just did it too fast it yeah it would be it probably would be, be really overwhelming i guess just dump mm. it you'd just be dumping mm. so much information i suppose battle Maybe scene you'd be dumping battle scenes after battle scenes and you'd just be like why the f- who are these people fighting you're like <laughs> why should i care about these random yeah why should fighting? i care about them yeah yeah so it's and i think if you took out the the slow moments you know it wouldn't be as uh what's hard hitting no like at, at at the end is it's as it wouldn't as a reader it wouldn't be as satisfactory Right, um, yeah. uh, like well, the payoff wouldn't be yeah the there. payoff yeah. that's that's the word i was looking for the payoff for the whole arc of each character i feel like yeah. you'd you'd almost feel a little bit cheated from mm. some of the characters you'd be like oh that's kind of uh, i don't believe that so i think they're pretty essential and they're published by big publishing companies so and if they haven't got rid of them there's a reason why say, yeah they often say there's not a massive appetite for fantasy and like traditional publishing but obviously well, if they are there. Yeah, if they're there, <laughs> they're, they're worth there for it, a reason. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to ask about, so you kind of touched a little bit on your publishing journey so far that you had COVID had originally. I was going to say COVID ruins everything, but then it seems like it was actually possibly a blessing in disguise for you because you ended up sort of, you said, what was it, Metal and... Of Metal and Magic. Of yeah. Metal and Magic, your publishing company. Yeah, so it's, it, it's kind of, yeah, blessing, blessing in disguise. At first I was pretty devastated because i'd committed to a nearly finished novel and then yep. covid hit and just wiped us clean and so the the novels that were meant to be produced me and three other authors we were kind of stuck in the same boat we were just we had these books that were ready for publication and so the editor said look we're gonna we're gonna try to start our own indie press would you like to be part of it and we're going to publish your book and of course, I'd already committed to this book, and I and I wanted it out because I was, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, and you've so, written like you wrote the book for like that was why you wrote it. So it's yeah. kind of a bit disappointing if it just you know gets tucked away for a while, and you're like, well, now what? Well, well, legally, I wouldn't still be able to self-publish it because it was still under the right. rights uh, of right. Yeah, of Fiction Vortex. So the editor, because he bought he bought the rights from fiction vortex for us to be able to publish it so that's good yeah yeah so if if that didn't happen if i didn't have a book and i would have just said nah don't worry about it but it's yeah it's given me something to look forward to at the end of this year and kind of get a bit of a catalog of of my author career i'm pretty excited with it and yeah thank you covid (laughs) (laughs) yeah i always moaning was like oh covid ruins everything but in this case it seems to roundabout have paid yeah. off which yeah it's it. like one one of the good things <laughs> yeah so one cheesy but it's true when they say that when one door closes another opens <laughs> yeah it is and <laughs> that's exactly what happened yeah. <laughs> so cheesy so did you say it was part of a shared universe these mm, books yeah did you all create the universe together or how did that work just out of curiosity <laughs> so fiction vortex had created the universe yeah and then so the editor bought the world because he had to buy the world for us to publish the stories okay. within our world so then what it essentially is that our stories are within this world 
we kind of chose a time along the timeline of where we wanted our stories to be. And it's almost like historical fiction because there is so much history within this world and we're just creating these characters and these situations within the world that were already there. So it was, it took me a while to get my head around because like historical fiction, you've got to learn all the facts mm-hmm. and make sure everything aligns with the world. So mm-hmm. I was just say, how do you not accidentally contradict the other authors or have you kind of picked different, I guess, far removed points so they don't really interfere? Okay, got it. Yeah. So mine's like n- near the, the beginning of time, pretty much. Okay. I see. Pass, you yeah. don't have the problem of contradicting anybody. No, no, no. They all work for me. <laughs> yeah, so now I kind of, uh, there's this event, it's called the Medallion War, and that's what my story is about. And that's kind of in the first Age of Darkness, which is, yeah, pretty exciting. And I can't wait for it to come out. I, I got a cover mock-up done the other day. I'm pretty happy with it and it kind of entails everything I envisioned for the cover that's so exciting Mm, yeah it's really cool speaking of your books do you want to tell us a little bit about shadow of the wicked yeah uh so i won't give too much away but i'll just just a quick sum up it's about two brothers that are thrown into these circumstances where they've got conflicting beliefs and they have to dig deep within themselves to be able to overcome these outcomes and essentially survive that's cool i wanted to point out you kind of look like your character on the cover do you know, do you know what's so funny i actually <laughs> a couple of friends have said that they're like is that is that you on the cover and no and i, I guess i take that as a compliment but no it's not it's not <laughs> i would i don't think i would have said it normally but it's just because you've got it in your background beside your face yeah. <laughs> I think it's a really cool cover. I really like, I do like the cover. You know, I'm not like a huge fan of like covers with like characters being like center front, but like that one's done really well. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. And a lot of people haven't really noticed the fine detail. And if you look at his eyes, the eyes are two different colors because yeah, you have to, you have to look pretty close about that because the brothers have different eye colors. So that's, one of them's That's got cool. blue eyes and the other's got green eyes. So uh, one eye each, which is, I don't know, it's kind of cool. And that is kind of cool. I'm not a big fan of actual people on the cover, but this got sent to me and I was I was pretty enticed. And I think this one works. Yeah. Happy with it. I think the difference yeah. is like, I feel like with some of them, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I, no, I think, <laughs> I, I, think I know each. I think I know what you're trying to say. It's, uh, I think a, the character cover is dominated by say romance and paranormal romance and mm, it's kind yeah, of, yeah 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 and you know and when I look at this I don't think of that so that's why yeah. I kind of like that this one's that. got a very fantasy vibe to it definitely yeah yeah, yeah. which is all right so if your shadow of the wicked is this part of a planned series is it a standalone is it do you have other books coming in the same world like what's sort of the deal with that so there's a bit of a story to Shadow of the Wicked, and why not? I'm going to I'm going to info dump the history of it. So <laughs> I go for it. <laughs> so if you remember, I was telling you about uh, the blog post. I used to write blog posts. So I originally started just kind of writing this story and just posting that weekly, just this short story. And then once once I finished to wield the stars, like the first edits and sent it to my editor, I 
thought of kind of piecing all that together and giving this book away for free as for to entice people to sign up to my newsletter. But as I began writing and creating a history, creating this world, this story is I got really attached to it. And I was like, no, nah, I can't give it away for free. You're going to get first couple of chapters if you sign up. So, mm-hmm. so in saying all that, I started really building this world and history and how this story is going to fit into other series that I'm going to start writing and which I have. So next year I aim to write another story within this world, but 50 years earlier of this, and it's going to explain a lot more. And a lot of the reviews and the, a lot of the feedback that I received from it is that I didn't dive that much into the magic system. And one, because it's a novella and I didn't want to dump that in, and it was kind of like the crumbs of it. So you can get a bit of a feel of it. And I'm, I'd rather people want more than to have too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next year, I'll be writing another series. I'm actually going to write a series within this world. And it's going to be following a couple of characters that, that are in this book. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to explain a lot more about the history and this world and how things became the way they were. And yeah, it's, it's something I'm pretty excited for. And I've already kind of wrote, I think I looked the other day, I've done, I think it's 50,000 words for it. So, so I'm pretty happy good with how it's going. And so, yeah. and so it's one of the really cool things that seems about fantasy that because you've created this massive world, there's so many opportunities to just have lots of stories from, you know, it doesn't yeah. just have to follow that one character. You can have them from, you know, different parts of history of your world or even different, I guess, locations, depending on yeah. how big you've made it, which always seems like a lot of work. I said this a few times to create such a massive detailed world but very cool at the same time it's it's definitely a a marathon not a sprint and I and I think I really enjoy this whole world building and fitting out how characters because people shape the world so it's not like the world if the world was unpopulated it wouldn't change the way it it is in Shadow of the Wicked I'm I'm, I'm speaking specifically Shadow of the Wicked but it's yeah so I feel like the people that uh, the history the people in history really shaped the world in Shadow of the Wicked so I'm pretty pretty excited for people to read it and get what they were asking for about that magic system and yeah explaining a bit more Mm -hmm. yeah I totally understand that you know it's like I was saying before you know you're creating a whole culture and the society like the people create the society and then society creates the culture that carries on through generations right so then you get a lot of influence from previous generations and a lot of things that like cross over between to make it what it is which is really cool and it's interesting as well because that is so relatable to our world now the history shaped our world so it's something that you know, a lot of people say, oh, fantasy, it's all made, it's all made up. But, you know, fantasy is kind of inspired from history because it's just, we're just describing, we're just making up people, making up characters that shape the world. And that's exactly what's kind of happened in our, our world. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I the key thing is that, sorry, Ashley. Um, no, go for it. I think the key thing is that, you know, like there's differences between like a story that's, in fantasy versus real life but it's still follows that society like still mm-hmm. plays a huge part and like the characters still play a huge part and yeah. you have to relate it 
that way because otherwise people aren't going to relate to the characters and that's what makes it like believable is by knowing the characters and even if they might have these magical or supernatural abilities or whatever's going on in in the background so long as you've set that up it's kind of like a just an extra kind of part of the world rather than yeah what the world's necessarily based around yeah 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 during my uh, during my studies at university one of my teachers really said kind of one one of the tasks was to ask yourself why you're writing and what you're writing about and i kept on i kept on answering what are you writing and or so the question was what are you writing and i was i can't remember my answers but then the she was like why so then, and then it literally went down and down and down, broke it down to the point. I can't, I can't remember the questions, but she just kept on why, what, mm-hmm. what are you writing? And it got down to the, my core thing. And now that I see it and now that I know it is family. So you can write about your family, the family dynamics within any story. And it's so relatable, whether it's in a fantasy world or a fiction world, it's so relatable. And that was kind of a light bulb moment for me when when I found that out. And now that I know that is what I write about, it makes it kind of easier to build relatable characters that readers can really see from their point of view, like the the self-doubt, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the choices that they have to make. They're all so relatable in the real world. And it's, it's very interesting and the, the psychology behind character development it's the readers the readers don't people that sorry people that aren't writers don't know that there's so yeah. much so much work into building these characters and that, and that's part of why we love doing it is because we want these characters to have these arcs and have these uh, resolutions with what whatever it is whether it is fiction or fantasy it's there's these arcs that need to be completed and for them to be relatable. So I thought that was kind of a cool task and it's kind of stuck with me. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I've heard on other podcasts and stuff, like a similar thing where like, you know, if you dive down into your writing, you find that you're often writing about like a similar theme. And even though you might find different ways to approach that theme, it like comes up time and time again. For me and Ashley, it's interesting that we always seem to gravitate towards quite political stories. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why that is, but <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the, the clearly the, we're the quite dynamics. passionate about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have said that. Like, I guess maybe, maybe. Yeah, even I was if gonna... written in two different genres, they both had quite political elements. I think quite, yeah, yeah quite intense political quite themes funny. that run through it. No, I was going to say, I found it really interesting before how you talked about wanting to write fantasy that almost bridged, like blurred the line between mm. like historical fiction and fantasy. Because I hadn't really heard anyone describe it like that, but I think I kind of get it now, if that makes yeah. any sense. Because Sarah and I were currently writing a historical fiction and everything that you've been saying about the worlds that you've created and the world, you know, the other worlds you've had to write stories in, I was like, I can see now how it's mm. really similar to that so I thought that was very interesting um little comparison that you made there's an Australian author Kate Forsyth she started her career writing this saga it's, it was called the witches of Elanan 
and it was like a seven book saga and it was fantasy but then now she writes historical fiction and that was kind of when i when i found out she was writing historical fiction i was like why is she like she's written other other fantasy stories and then now she's right she writes historical fiction and and it really made me kind of think i was like why why would she go into that and then it's it's the same not the same it's they're so similar in 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 the sense of making sure all the the i's are dots and the t's across to make mm-hmm. sure everything makes sense within that world and within that story that you're writing because as soon as you go off beat the reader picks up on it straight away and they go yeah. no that that doesn't make sense why that's that's wrong so yeah yeah it's it's kind of cool and once since i had that that moment of like, oh, understanding why she was doing it kind of made that easier for me to write this story in a shared universe. Yeah. And what's your process like for writing? So are you more of a plotter or a pantser or somewhere in between? I am both. I'm both. I So there's certain points that or certain either places or moments in the story that my characters need to be. So I'll kind of plot I will sorry I will plot that out and when I start the story if the character decides to go off somewhere else then I'll follow it and but it needs to come back to those moments otherwise and then there's a lot of rewriting in that to make sure it makes sense it's not just you know the character going on these off topic (laughs) yeah yeah just going just going wild um yeah so and then and it also gives me an opportunity to create subplots and subplots are so important for, especially in epic fantasy, they're so important for the plot points. And, and, and yeah, it gives me that moment and that chance to, to create the subplots to build the, to, uh, what, were we talk, what were we talking about before about the book, uh, the reader satisfaction? Yeah, the payoff. The, the, yeah, the payoff. I don't know why I'm getting that. <laughs> yeah, the payoff, because if once you start really looking at it the payoff is because of the subplots mm-hmm. building like up to those those plot points compilation of like all the um events that's ha- happened building to like one big payoff. exactly and right. yeah and i feel like my my writing style really helps me do that and and that it doesn't really show in shadow of the wicked because it is a novella and i had to kind of keep that pretty mainstream with the story because I had such a little little space to get the story across but with mm-hmm. the book that's coming out at the end of the year to wield the stars there is a lot of like I can see it because I wrote it but there is a lot of moments there was a lot of moments for my character to create these subplots and to build that that payoff at the end so that's kind of my writing process sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't <laughs> I'm still like early in this writing career so yeah I'm just kind of working it out and seeing at the moment it's working for me so I think subplots are really hard to plan in advance mm. yeah. yeah exactly and I think I think that's why being a pantser helps because like I guess having both those elements of plotting and pantser pantsing pantsing yeah um, <laughs> it can be a word. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. whole word's made up anyway. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and it, yeah, sub, subplots are really hard to 
I guess, plot out because they might feel unnatural and might stand out to the reader. That's, that's I guess, an assumption because I, I haven't written enough stories to have that have, I guess, the evidence from that. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Most of our subplots we haven't planned out, I don't think. Like, no. I think it's more natural from the character so. as well. Especially because you don't really know your character that well at the start, so you don't want to start putting in, because mm. they're usually quite, not intimate, but, you know, very yeah. character specific. So if you don't know them very well at the start, it'd be hard to make a really realistic and believable subplot that doesn't just feel tacked in. Yeah, and I think... I think most of my plot, so my, say if I have a plot point, that would be a moment. So it, it won't be a, so for example, it might be something happens to the character, right? And that's, that's the moment. So whatever happens before that is completely up to the character, but I just got to make sure it's, I always kind of have that yeah. in the back of my mind. So, and that's what I think helps with the subplotting as well. Having, I guess, certain moments, significant moments in your story that the character has the space to be able to just go go wild (laughs) it sounds it sounds so weird i had this conversation uh, on a previous podcast that you when you start talking about your character creating your own subplots if you're not a writer you don't understand and you just kind of a bit looked at you looked at a bit weird i know what you mean yeah it's like it's your character you decide what you want to do and it's like no look no they definitely have their own mind in the matter and do choose their own things so yeah it's, it sounds it sounds I like know what you mean split, split personality disorder but it's not <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's because you know you set up this character with certain personality traits and certain you know quirks and you know like it's funny they they have things that it would be believable for them to do and then other things that it would be completely not and so, you know, like if you try to force them into like this situation, unless they're going to be hesitant. <laughs> yeah. Unless you've kind of like worked around and kind of let them roam a bit before getting there, then sometimes it's going to be like, bam, they're in this situation and the readers are going to be like, what? What? Yeah. yeah. Where'd that come from? You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And I think that's where the rewriting and with those those tangents that the character can go on. If we're in the rewriting, you create the subplots within that helps Mm -hmm. that moment. So it's not so, so apparent to the reader and it jaggers them to like, to question whether that should have happened or not. Yeah. It's all the theory of writing and it's (laughs) so interesting. And there's so much work that goes into these character and story developments that really entice me. And, and, and that's what I, that's what I love about, you know, Tad Williams, George Martin, Tolkien. There's so much work into these these stories that I definitely inspire, aspire, sorry, aspire to be one day. Mm-hmm. So I think we're probably at a point where we can sort of start rounding this up a bit. But before we do, is there anything that we haven't covered that you in particular would like to talk about, like a project that you've got on the mind that we haven't discussed or sort of any any other things that come up i think we kind of covered it all i i, I do just like talking about writing and this story development so I, f- I feel like yeah the listeners can see that it's something that i'm, I'm quite passionate about and do are interested in buying my books and yeah i'm not just not just a uh 
person that's kind of self-published there's a lot of history into my own personal journey to be able to create these stories and and there's a lot of work that goes into them so I think yeah we definitely covered yeah for sure yeah and where can people find your books uh, if they would like to purchase them so lucky I prepared this before it's actually actually (laughs) (laughs) on the screen yeah they're on the screen so uh, if you're just listening, it's there. Are, it's on Amazon, Kindle Unlimited, Google Play, and Apple Books. And it's also you can go to my website, which is www.dwtsmith.com, or you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. And my handles are douglas.w.t.smith. A lot of big mouthfuls, but yeah. And I actually and, good. Yeah, and just just to clarify, I do actually have two middle names. I didn't make them up. <laughs> Well, it actually makes for a very good author name. Yeah, so it's, I was destined to be to be an author. <laughs> destined. Did you have a release date or anything for your upcoming novel? Or is no, that still being finalised? It's still being finalised. It's still in the editing process. I'm doing all edits now. Yeah. A couple of rewrites to send back to my editor. So there's no locked-in date, unfortunately. It's all but right. Yeah, I'll hopefully... Just... Hopefully it's watch the space. Yeah, yeah, watch your space. <laughs> Hopefully it's before Christmas, but if not, it's going to be a summer read slash winter for people in the other hemisphere. <laughs> we always yeah. get that. People be like, it's coming in the fall. And I'm like, your fall or my fall? Because those are like six months apart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we call it autumn here. So yeah. that's... <laughs> All right. Well, so thank you very much, Douglas, for coming on the show. I think we had a really, really interesting talk. We covered a lot of ground and yeah, just really enjoyed having you on. So thanks a lot. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, it was definitely a very natural conversation, this podcast. And it's something that I kind of thoroughly enjoy because I feel like you get so much more out of it. And being listeners as well, being a listener, you definitely take more out of a conversation that's natural rather yeah than yeah we try to stagnant. keep it relaxed because you know it's just nicer that way I think it's more enjoyable like this one certainly has been and I'm just going to echo the the thank you for being on the show <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me on yeah and it was a pleasure being on here talking to both of you okay so and speaking of author spotlight episodes if you would like to be on one then you can go to our website at www.lindersoncreations.com and hover your mouse over the podcast button on the main menu and you'll see a drop down that takes you to be featured on dear writer Um, and next time it's one of our talking shop episodes where we have a bit of a chat about the books we're reading uh, both for fun and to help us become better writers And if you'd like to know more about us or any of our writing projects, you can visit us on um, the aforementioned website, lindersoncreations.com, or get in touch with us on Facebook or on Instagram, which is also under the handle lindersoncreations. And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts um, or subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. And we'll be back next week. So happy writing, everyone. Mm -hmm.